3: How much money do you need to buy a house? And I'm not talking about a mansion, like a regular house. Median house. Median house. You know, Uh, it's a lot, my friends. We're going to talk about that at 1035, the Twin Cities housing market. What do you need to buy a house? And is it even worth it right now with these interest rates? So uh, we'll delve deeper into that. But right now, Charlie's got quick takes.
1: All right. Number one here. Let's start out with uh, Adam. Adam, you want to be number sure, one here? absolutely. About that? I'll lead off. All right. Uh, this one was coming out of uh, just north of Atlanta, two hours north of Atlanta, a restaurant there at the very bottom of their menu. People on Yelp and in person were noticing this little thing that said uh, a parent surcharge at the very bottom with three what? money signs right at the bottom of the menu. And what it turns out is that parent surcharge is if the restaurant deems that you are being an irresponsible parent, you are not... Uh, taking care of your kids, and you know they're running around the restaurant, and all of that. Yeah, they're going to charge you. They're going to add How? a surcharge to that bill. Wow, fifty dollars. Wait, this is mine, not oh, yours, Jordana. Fifty dollars is like what that? they have been adding to the bill now. Fifteen or fifty? Fifty dollars? Five zero. Oh my god. Uh, this is uh, they serve steak and New American fare, so it's it seems like it's a somewhat nicer restaurant. It's called the Tokoa Riverside Restaurant, two hours north of atlanta adam do you like this idea? who's the arbiter of this though so i believe it is the owner i believe it is arbitrary when the owner decides that you have been naughty first of all i i i'm all for you know bad parents
4: you know like being called out but this is ridiculous i'm sorry Uh, this brings back to the age-old question too Are there just certain restaurants, though, that Mm -hmm. you don't take your kids to? And I think there's an answer there, which is yes. I'm sorry. Like, very nice restaurants at certain times of day, I don't think is a place for the young children to show up and get the, you know, chicken fingers and fries.
3: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I don't
4: mean that to sound snobbish. There are plenty of great dining options for families. They have entire chains of restaurants designed for families. I had kids, too. I like to eat in f- fancy places, too. Guess what? I didn't bring them to very nice restaurants. We went to Applebee's, and we liked it. And the kids got grilled cheese. And then I got to eat the crusts from my kids' grilled cheese. That's how it works. So... I think parents need a better job of saying, okay, uh, do parents, uh, by and large, say, you know, we, we need to realize where we can bring our kids? But I don't think we need a surcharge. Just say, you know what, we don't want kids in this restaurant. That's, kind of, I, that's what I think the person is getting at, the owner is getting at.
3: And that's okay. Yes. We've talked about this also. Right. There are, I am total. In fact, I would welcome if it was a nice restaurant, if they said no kids. I want to break from my own kids well, when they were little. Now they're much more interesting. But, um, I, I totally get that. But this does seem extreme because if it's like a ground round or like a, like a Chili's, if this restaurant, that's we don't know what this mm. restaurant is. If, if it's like a regular restaurant and then they get, if your kid happens to have a meltdown and friends, who among us has not been there when your kid just, had an absolute meltdown. Okay. Um, and that's unfortunate and it's terrible, but it happens. Then they charge you an extra 50 bucks. You're already a mess. You already yeah. feel bad about it. You're probably already packing up your things up. This is not okay. Charlie. No. I,
4: b- b- before we get to the second one, it reminds me of just a heartfelt story of mine. When my our little Morgan, who's now a junior in high school, she was a very colicky baby. And Heidi and I tried to, okay, let's just try to go out. We went to an Outback Steakhouse, and we ordered the food, and she, Morgan was nice and quiet. But as soon as we ordered, she started crying again, screaming. And we were just like, yep, to go, to go, and we left.
3: Yeah, you packed it up. Right. right yeah, and, you did. And, but Because you can't even eat your food with no. your baby wailing. I mean, you couldn't enjoy no. it either, so no. I get it, yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I looked at the the restaurant's menu here. It's nice, a on the river. Uh, the... Most expensive thing is a thirty nine dollar steak. Yeah. Um, yeah, so not, it's not terrible. Steak, no. But it's not it's not, not like, high. You know, no. It's
4: not no. high at steakhouse no. by any no. means. Just put on there. We don't we don't want your kids here.
1: We don't yep.
3: want kids. Yeah. yeah. Or like after seven PM, no kids. Something like that. Come on.
1: Yeah, well let's keep on the vein of parents acting badly, Jordana. Rochester Lords hockey team. Uh, I don't know exactly which hockey team. I, I don't think it was like the high school or anything. But they posted a video over the weekend on Twitter showing a parent at a peewee hockey tournament berating a referee and throwing money on him as he came off of the ice. Mind you, Jordana, peewee hockey ages 11 to 13, I believe is right around where it is. 11, 12, 13. Uh, you know, obviously the the main consensus from people is this is bad. We need, you know, stop doing this. What, you know, this needs to end. But Jordana, what do we do about this? Is it as simple as banning anybody that does this from arenas? Or does something more have to happen?
3: This person is no longer allowed to go to any sporting events. Um, I I don't know if it was their child or their grandchild or their neighbor's kid or whatever. But this person is no longer allowed at peewee events. Definitely for the rest of the season or any events for the rest of the season. Um, no, we cannot have them. This person is supposed to be a grown-up. Uh, absolutely unacceptable. Clearly, they are not an evolved human, cannot control their own anger and emotions, so they're not allowed to be around the rest of us. Ba- total ban for the rest of the season.
4: I, this is peewee hockey, and this is a mm-hmm. reason why we can't find like people to be officials. Uh, mm-hmm. you absolutely. Wonder. You mm-hmm. know, I've heard of, like, uh, like, certain, like certain leagues saying, okay, mm-hmm. The parents of a certain team pony up a bunch of money and you get that money back if you all behave yourselves during the season. It's like dibs, you know, where you have to go work. You write a check for 300 bucks, but if you work your hours, you're supposed to at the concession stand, you get your money back. The same should be done for behavior. And again, I don't know who the arbiter of that is who says, well, that's bad behavior. But there should be monetary fines involved. And yeah, kicking people out. Because it is. It's it's gross. It's grow up. I mean, these kids are peewees, for God's sakes. Plus, you're embarrassing your kid. It's That's so the worst part. It's so yeah, embarrassing I mean, to your child.
3: And what are we teaching them? What are we teaching the other kids watching or the siblings that are watching? Stop it. Yeah. Grow up. Yeah.
1: Oh. Oop, there's the mic. All right. Back to you, Adam. Number three here. Panera Bread. Yes. Uh, also knows the St. Louis Bread Company. Don't know if you knew that. It was founded in St. Louis. I didn't know that. St. Louis Bread Company. Panera Bread decided to add a warning label to their charged lemonade. This, of course, coming after a 21-year-old college student died after drinking this lemonade. Yeah. Now, she did have a known heart, heart condition, condition yep. but she, mm-hmm. they said that she was not aware of of the caffeine content in this supercharged lemonade, uh, the lemonade has a large lemonade has more caffeine than a Monster and a Red Bull combined. Oh, jeez! Oh my God! Uh, has 390 milligrams. 400 is the maximum uh, recommended by the <laughs> FDA. Oh my God! So they've a- decided to add a label now to this. They said, well, in stores it says you know that there's there's a lot of caffeine in these. Is that enough? Should restaurants be able to sell things like this? Wow.
4: That was my first question is why is Panera Bread like offering this? I mean, I can see if you want to go to the gas station and get your Monster or your Red Bull or your your Rockstar, whatever it is, there's copious amounts of energy drinks to choose from. Like if I'm at Panera Bread, yeah, and like – what if my kid goes up there and oh, I'm going to get some lemonade, Dad? And like suddenly my seven year old is drinking this crazy super energy charged energy lemonade. No thank you. Okay. I can't yeah. I'm I find it hard to believe that Panera would offer that.
3: Okay, but Panera is a company that is allowed to offer yeah, whatever they want true. to offer. So I mean it's the reason they offer it is because it makes money, because teenagers want it. But this is brings up really an interesting um we should probably talk more about this. Like, is the government going to have to now uh, modify or make make regulations on caffeine? You know, I, I Charlie said the the maximum is supposed to be what four hundred milligrams a day. Yep. Charlie, is that, that what the FDA the recommends? maximum?
1: That is the maximum FDA recommendation.
3: Um, so I, again, this drink, I guess, is legal because it's three hundred and ninety. Sure. They
1: don't you can't regulate how much caffeine you get in a
3: day. That's it. How how, how you can't. I mean that's no. a hard thing to regulate. And I guess Panera has every right to sell it, but my God, friends, what are we doing? Why are we making drinks like this? What is I wonder what People the equivalent to I'm gonna have to Google it. The equivalent to how many cups of coffee is that? Is uh, four hundred milligrams. A, a
1: couple. At least a couple. Yeah. Uh they they do market it as more than a cup of coffee's worth of caffeine. Yeah, I, at I believe least. the
4: marketing. Oh, I can't wait for that argument should the government control how much caffeine uh, you caffeine? get. Wait for the Fox News headline. Oh. They're taking away your coffee cups. Biden's yeah, and I mean taking I'm not saying coffee. they
3: should, but and and this is a one off. Like again, this is a like we talked about freak things happening with the hockey player. Like I'm yeah. sure maybe this young woman had a, a heart issue or maybe she was extra sensitive to caffeine. So clearly I don't think there's going to be regulation about it, but
1: yeah. No, I mean, she did. We are
3: she, selling that. Yeah, she, she
1: had it. She had a known heart issue. She yeah, purposefully yeah. avoided energy drinks because of said heart issue. And uh, oh. they said that she didn't know that this thing oh, had okay. that mm-hmm. much caffeine in it. Oh, uh, so smell. they're being sued by, by the family of, of this college. I student.
3: get that. Um, oh, yeah. that's a devastating story. Mm. Gosh, that's awful.
1: All right. Back to you, Jordana, for the last one on a. Somber note as well. You've probably seen over the weekend uh, the anti-Semitic mob attacking the airport in uh, Dagestan, Russia, which is a region in southern Russia. They were attacking the airport due to a flight from Israel coming in and trying to Mm -hmm. find Jews and Israelis for – well, they didn't exactly say what their purpose was. Well, but for they murdering
3: were, them. Yeah. Yep, I'll say it out loud. They, mm-hmm. uh, killing them. They mm-hmm.
1: were looking for them um, all across the airports. I don't believe they were able to find them, but 20 people were injured. What Russian the Russian authorities since. What is happening? What is uh, happening? Yeah,
3: since it's took control. anti Semitism. Uh,
1: mm-hmm. As well as that, of course, we've seen incidents across the country at certain college campuses and certain areas where um, some anti Semitic rhetoric and actions have been taken. Uh, Jordana. It feels like things are just getting worse, both sides. Yeah. The the hate from certain individuals, not everybody, but certain individuals mm-hmm. on both sides, even far away from the conflict, is palpable um, at this point. Where do we go from here? How do we – is there a way to reverse this? That's, that's a big question, but that is my question.
3: This is absolutely devastating, and um, I actually had a nightmare last night about – My family being in airport and, you know, like this Russian incident being attacked or being sought out, being hunted down by this mob who broke into the airport. And by the way, after this incident, Charlie, they were this mob went out into the streets Mm -hmm. and was opening people's car doors that were leaving the airport and demanding to see their passports because they were rooting out Jews and Israelis. And what were they rooting them out for? Uh, I'm sure they were going to kill them. So that's not at least beat them, do something horrible to them. By the way, that plane had to take off again and land somewhere else because there was such a danger to the people that were on that plane. Where do we go from here? This is, I'll tell you, Charlie, I am fearful. My children are fearful. Jews are fearful. Um, what's happening on college campuses is absolutely devastating. I can't answer this one question right now, so let's break if that's okay with you, gentlemen. Um, what's going on on our college campuses is completely devastating. I want to address that. I do have a college student, and I want to address that in the next uh, segment. So let's do that. I will address it next.
0: His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt, Hi-ya! and even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician.
2: Ready to level up your financial game? Let NerdWallet guide you with smart strategies for lasting success. Get savvy tax planning pointers to maximize your savings, money-saving travel tips for your next family getaway, and investing insights like how a 529 plan can help you send your kids to college. Unlock the key to saving to help you earn more money. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you in 2024. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We you expect someone else?
3: The Biden administration unveiled today uh, new actions to combat anti-Semitism on college campuses after an alarming uptick in incidents since the Israel Hamas war, uh, since Israel was attacked by the terrorist organization Hamas on October seventh. Uh, this is this has been shocking to me that the rise in anti-Semitic attacks all over the world have risen three hundred and sixty-six percent after. Israel was attacked and 1,400 people were brutally murdered and 230 were taken hostage. This, I guess, it shouldn't. I I guess I've been a Jew long enough to know that even when Jews are attacked, there is always victim blaming that is okay. Uh, Somehow, you know, it was the Jews' fault. The Jews who maybe have never been to Israel, who have never, you know, don't aren't involved in this conflict yet. The anti-Semitic attacks come fast. And they are devastating. But Charlie mentioned something, Adam, and this is something I've been following closely. The anti-Semitic attacks on campus are rising so much that there is support, obviously, from us parents and groups all over the country, Jewish on campus, SSI, Students Supporting Israel. There are on-campus organizations that are currently living in fear and being attacked. And for those who haven't been following as closely as I, I totally understand. But um, here are just some of the things that are happening on campuses to Jewish students who are not Israeli, maybe Israeli, but are not, you know, or obviously these are American students, so they are not involved in the conflict. Um, on the 12th, a few days after uh, the Hamas attack on Israel, Israeli students at Columbia were physically assaulted for sharing posters of the hostages. That's according to the New York Daily News. And I I, I question people, if you are ripping down pictures of babies that are hostages because it serves your cause. At this point, you might want to reevaluate it's a bad your cause. cause. It's a bad yeah, cause. Yeah, right. You might want to change that up. Um, also, on that day, a Stanford a Stanford professor reportedly told Jewish students in his class to go stand in a corner, and he says this is what Israel does to the Palestinians. And when asked how many people were killed in the Holocaust, a student uh, said six million Jews were murdered in the Holocaust, among other people. Uh, The professor responded that Israel, the colonizer, has killed more than that, which is not true. The professor, by the way, was suspended. On the 16th, the A.E.F.I. house uh, was vandalized at Cornell University. A.E.F.I. is a typically Jewish, uh, typically Jewish um, organization, Greek organization. Uh, somebody, by the way, who's listening in their car just stopped outside of my house and uh, waved to me and clapped for me. So thank you for that gentleman in his car who is driving by. I'm um, also a Cornell professor on around the 16th. I'm not sure exactly what day it was. Described the Hamas attack. There's a video of this online as exhilarating and energizing. Can you imagine a university professor at Cornell, this is an Ivy League school or almost Ivy League school, it might be Ivy League, describes a Hamas attack, a terrorist attack that murdered 1400 people, babies took 200 plus people hostage as exhilarating and energizing.
4: And that person is 20- teach- and that person is teaching yeah. our children.
3: Mm-hmm. He's teaching your children. That's right. Uh, Students at George, a student organization at George Washington University, also a great school, projected messages that say glory to our martyrs, glorifying Hamas. And some of you saw the video of kids at the Cooper Union at NYU, Jewish students, they were wearing a kippah, they were visibly Jewish students. Uh, were locked themselves in the library because um, Palestinian protesters or uh, I won't even call them Palestinian because I don't know that uh, protest or supporters of Hamas were outside in a protest banging on the door to get in. What do you think if the lock didn't work? What do you think would have happened to those Jewish students Uh, at East Carolina University on the 26 Jewish students? A Jewish student was told she should have been finished in the oven like a slice of pizza. A Jewish student at East Carolina University, an American Jewish student, was told that, that they should have finished her in the Holocaust in the oven. Shouts of take a shower and Zionism, you can hide, but we call Jewish genocide. Calls for Jewish genocide are happening at Tulane University. That is what is happening at Tulane. That is a, a lot of Jewish kids go to school there. They're calling for Jewish genocide. At Cornell, threats of the dining hall that serves kosher food are widespread. And you know what staff did? Staff told the students and the the professors that go there for kosher food, avoid that dining hall. So don't eat. Avoid that dining hall. Like, this is what is happening on the daily. My child at University of Madison uh, sends me videos of protesters waving the Palestinian flag, saying uh, from the river to the sea, Palestine should be free. You know what that calls for? That calls for the genocide of Israelis and Jews. That means Israel should not exist, does not have a right to exist. The kicking out either the murder or, of course, displacement of any people that are living from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea, all of Israel. That is what is happening. So when you ask me the question, what can be done, guys, I don't know. But I'll tell you this, my Jewish friends and I, we are afraid. Yeah, uh,
4: and a, and a texter raises a good point too. I think a lot of times in this country, our idea of the bigot, the racist bigot, as like a uh, you know country person or somebody in a rural area. Yeah, there's a lot of them on college campuses. A mm-hmm. lot of mm-hmm. them on
3: college campuses. So many.
4: Yeah, and that's uh, disgusting. So many. Right.
3: Mm-hmm. And and what will happen? What will happen is when truth is revealed. Like people are so quick to to blame the Jews for everything because, yes, it's anti-Semitism. There is an underlying current of anti-Semitism in this country, in the world, and you just you can't say that it doesn't exist. And it is rearing its ugly head now. And it is being shown under the guise of, oh, no, 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 we're just anti zionist Well, you know what? I'm a Zionist. And being a Zionist means that you believe Israel has a right to exist. So you can't say anti-Zionist. That means we don't have a right to exist. The Jewish state doesn't have a right to exist, that there is no space uh, for... People to have a homeland. Okay. That, so, so when you say that, that is a, a guise of anti-Semitism. And I, and, and I think the only thing that will stop this will be truth. When truth comes out. that When, people, when Hamas is truly revealed or when people believe the truth about Hamas. When people believe that they are terrorists, when they believe that their stated goal in their charter is to wipe Jews from the planet, but not just Jews, friends. We're just the first. Remember, the Jews are always the canary in the coal mine. They're coming for you too. Hamas is terrorists. Believe you me, after they come for us, they're coming for the gays, they're coming for the blacks, they're coming for the Christians, they're coming for all the infidels that don't agree with what they believe. So stand up now. Hamas is terrorists. Be on the right side of history, friends. And Charlie, I'm sorry, this was a really long answer to your question. Only the truth will eventually show what is right and wrong about this conflict. And I hope it is revealed sooner than later.
4: Sad thing is the truth is harder to come by than ever now, mm-hmm. though, sadly, mm-hmm. with, with what we're exposed to. Uh, 1034, uh, the truth about home ownership in the Twin Cities. You got to make a lot of money to... Uh, yeah. Own even Uh Not just a nice house, folks, like a regular house. Uh, It's something that uh, somebody in this very room is struggling with. We'll get into that uh, when we come back. I remember when I uh, got this job a long, long time ago and decided, you know, uh, (laughs) uh, back then, you know, houses were like, you know, 20 bucks. But no, I had to buy a house. (laughs) My mom wanted me to stay in town. And I said, okay, Uh well, yeah, that's kind of the natural progression. Yep. You you know, for some people to get married, then you buy the house. For me, I was still a a single guy, but had a kind of a stable job, moved back into town. It's like, well, it's time to buy a house. That's kind of the next progression. Uh, It it wasn't an easy – I've said this many, many times. Buying a house for me the first time was about the most invasive, intrusive, embarrassing process I've ever gone through. Really? Oh. Really? Just in the fact that, I mean, every part of my financial life brief – you know, I was only 26 – but every little aspect of it was scrutinized, and it was just—I was a single guy, had a decent enough job, but it was such an embarrassing. You're like, oh, what about this, this? You know, it's and
3: because they were asking like how much money you make, where you spend and, it, what you—and you, that, and, you yeah. know, I had
4: okay, I was a college student at one time, mm-hmm. and I bounced a check at one time, not intentionally. It was like a—it was a overdraft. It wasn't like a—I intentionally. But that showed up on my record, on my financial history. And oh, my God. It was just really, really embarrassing yeah. and, like, Too intrusive. invasive. Too much, mm-hmm. and it was difficult. Um, and I had to have a little help in getting a house, like, with a down payment. And and that was – but I, I got the house. And I. what I'm saying is now it seems so difficult mm-hmm. to buy a house, and I just feel so badly for – you know, people who are younger people trying to make it and maybe where it's out of reach and they have to rent. And, I mean, new evidence shows that, uh, like, the median price of a house in the Twin Cities was it around two fifty. is that, Charlie, is that what we decided? Or, I thought it was more than is that. Is it more than yeah, that? or it was, like three. it was like $300,000. $300,000. Yeah. Okay, that's a bit, yeah. that, that, that used to be like a $300,000 house. I, it's nothing special anymore.
3: No, it's three eighty. I'm sorry. Three eighty. Yes, it's yeah. three eighty. Three hundred eighty yeah. thousand dollars. Yeah. Media print. That's, a,
4: price. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's mm-hmm. a heck of a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. for pe- you
3: need a household income of hundred and three thousand six hundred dollars. So like you know because um, which is uh, up over twenty percent. Yeah. So that's exactly. shocking
4: to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's abso- yeah. I mean, I guess it shouldn't be that shocked about it. But mm-hmm. so okay. So are starting jobs now automatically a hundred thousand dollars where we I can know, look- right? Mm-hmm. So how are people affording houses? They're for?
1: not they're not that's uh i mean the the in, some things have to go down for people to be able to afford houses again right now that's just what the reality what are
3: interest out rates at right now is it it's still like 7% it's still
1: very high yes yeah. it's still very high so nobody wants to sell either because of mm-hmm. you know that, that factor as well um nobody wants yeah. to Yeah and to i've been talking to realtors
3: and they say you know it's hard now if you're buying you need cash because nobody wants these giant um interest rates so you need cash so you would need for a for a median home you need $380,000 cash. And I don't know, maybe some of the boomers, you know, if they sell their big house, you know, if they've done that, maybe they have more cash on hand if they're buying a smaller home. Uh, but my goodness, it it would be really hard. And Charlie, are you and, and your yeah. girlfriend currently looking to buy? I mean,
1: yes and no. It, it's the fact more is, a it's, dream un- yeah, right it's, it's unrealistic sure. right now. It just is based on where we are right now. The money we have, you know, even even with help, it's just not. Super realistic. And, I mean, we're looking at 900-square-foot right. houses oh, wow. in that South That was my first house. My sure. first house was less than 1,000 yeah. square feet. These it's like are less than 1,000 square feet. Mm-hmm. 300,000 is is just about the average of what we see um, for taxes you're going to pay. Yep. and Closing costs. Um, yeah, you say. You, it's all over the place. So, yeah, no, it is. I, I, we like to look. We go on Zillow. We go on all these websites. My, mm-hmm. my girlfriend works in real estate, so she's looking at stuff like this all the time. Uh, and it's still. So, what's your plan? I mean, is it, is it just wait, wait it out? I mean,
4: how yes, how, how frustrating I, yeah. is it uh, to you, you and your lifestyle?
1: Incri- I mean, we don't hate where we are right now. We're renting. We have an apartment. It's it's nice. It suits us. You know, we're in a good. We're not paying an exorbitant amount of money, but. We're paying the same amount we would pay in a mortgage. Yeah, that's the – And that's what that's mm-hmm. what kills you. And, uh, you can't save. And you're throwing that mm-hmm. away. But it's I mean, just I shouldn't, completely I shouldn't unrealistic. I not say you're
4: throwing it away, but it's like that amount of money should be going towards you know, building equity and building mm-hmm. a future. Mm-hmm. And it's it's painful. And somebody says renting is – renting is a crazy expensive. It's so frustrating. And I, I feel for people that are just – and i got kids who you know five years from now, the, the oldest yep. will be – in the market, I'm sure for living quarters. And yeah, it's hopefully things get better by then. But I don't see
3: I've that. already told my kids, I'm like, you can come back. It's insane to buy a house. You know, it's not like these kids are getting a trust fund. They're sorry, guys. No, no trust fund here. You know, and, and Charlie, I think one thing you said is really the operative word, you know, even with help. You know, I hope there's you don't have to tell us your financial information, but I hope there is somebody, a grandmother, a parent or whomever that can help you. Adam said his dad helped Mm -hmm. him a little bit. My grandmother um, gave us a gift when when we got married uh, that she said, hopefully you guys can use this as a down payment, you know, a little bit of money. and, And we did. We did. We saved it for that. But this is privilege right now when you have help. So many people don't even have, you know, the extra $5,000 or whatever 5% would be on the house. It used to be 20%. You used to have to put 20% if you didn't want the jumbo mortgage. Um, but it's, if you don't have help, it's almost impossible. If you don't have a little gift uh, that can help get you started because you kids, especially like Charlie's generation in their 20s with the student loans or even young 30s, you know, with the student loans that you have. You don't even have a shot. And I'm sorry to be so depressing about that, but I have a lot of empathy uh, for younger people. When my first husband and I were young, di- we were dinks, double income, no kids. You know, we were Glad both pointed that out. <laughs> dinks. Yeah, it's not the same as swingers, Adam, just dinks, double income, no kids. Um, you know, we were we were able to save a lot of money because it was even then, even then in the late 90s, it was easier. To yeah. make money and save some, and we were given the gift of education by our parents, so we didn't have student loan, and that was a huge gift. But um, that's help mm-hmm. for people who don't have help. I have no idea. How
1: I mean, there's, you know, it's bad, but there is a large, you know, a decent group of young people who they look at the market and they just say it's not an God. option. Even well, no, they say I I hope to God there's a housing crash, and yeah. and that's oh. it would be bad for people. But there are a lot of young people that say the only realistic way that we are ever going to be able to afford a home. Is if the market crashes? Mm-hmm. Uh, wow! And that is that is the outlook of, of a lot of young people when they look at the market.
3: I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. Honestly, that's that's really sad. Uh, some textures are coming in. Hey guys, I bought my brand new house in 2014 for 195 thousand. Prices now are crazy. They value ours over 400 k. Wow. Good for you, by the way. If uh, it went up that much, good for you. That's a number, right? I mean,
4: that's just a number. I mean, it's, you know,
3: Mm
4: -hmm. like if, you know, I don't see a crash happening like in 2008, certainly. But like the bubble bursting a little bit to, you know, moderate the prices. Well, when Mm -hmm. when
1: people started seeing the, uh, you know, the Airbnb, the short-term rentals starting to Mm -hmm. to take a hit, that was kind of the thing. Because it's all these corporations coming in, buying up these buildings, either for short-term rental or for long-term rental and, you know. Banning large companies from buying properties another another thing that I know a lot of young people are are passionate about because yeah. we just can't do it. Yeah, unbelievable.
3: Three hundred eighty thousand dollars is the median home for median home for a, uh, excuse me price for a home in the Twin Cities. You would need to make at least one hundred and three six hundred thousand dollars to. To buy so one. how on earth
4: are you doing it? That's my question. Charlie's oh, wow. explaining. Maybe uh, some other folks out in the audience have a, another idea of how you can do that. Because I just I I feel that uh, it's unattainable for for a lot of people uh, who are who want that house 651-461-9226. More with Adam and Jordana after
3: this. I love hearing these messages about when people bought their first home, and you know I, I appreciate the empathy. Uh, someone said, when I when my wife and I bought our first home in 1990, the interest rates were 10 and an eighth percent. Yeah. I mean, that's outrageous, but we're getting close again. Home prices were uh, quite
4: a bit less back then.
3: Yeah, yeah. I, I like this. I appreciate these parents. Um, on Parental Assistance, you guys, uh, this texter writes, we will certainly help our kids when the time comes and can do so because we have reaped the rewards of market inflation of our property value and investments. Uh, thank you, parents, for understanding that, yeah, you you lived in a time where there was prosperity in the market and, of course, with your property. And um, I think that's great. Like, right? That's how we build wealth. That's how we build general, yeah. generational wealth. Not everybody has to have it as hard as maybe you had it. Maybe you could give them a leg up, right? We we want a better life for our kids. Yeah, you want so. your kids
4: to have better than you had. And, you know, it yes. doesn't always have to be financial help. You know, what my dad did, too, and my parents, both my parents, it's not just the financial help. It's also the educational help mm-hmm. that you're giving mm-hmm. them to walking them through the process or maybe it's co-signing on a loan too to help them along mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be well i don't have a n- big nest egg for my kid that's okay just be there and help them through the process too because
3: and maybe share mistakes yeah you, know, you can share you those hey advocate. i didn't invest yeah. i didn't do yeah absolutely and and uh i agree i think guidance on that is super helpful that's why we had such a housing crisis we were getting bad guidance you know, exactly. people were making bad loans oh, and, have, and not understanding <laughs> a what they were getting into. You have a heartbeat?
4: Here's a $4 Here's million a loan. Uh, loan for a mortgage. <sighs> uh, oh, my God.
3: Uh, someone said we bought our first home in eight, in 1981 at 15.15%. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the texter says we absolutely couldn't afford it, but felt we'd never be able to get a home if we didn't. I hope, by the way, I hope that texter, I hope your home is paid off now. I hope you're still living there or, or you sold it at a huge uh, profit, but I hope it's paid off because um, you just don't want to be paying yeah. forever. Because sometimes you do a 30-year mortgage, then you refinance and you do another 30. It just seems to last forever.
4: I mean, I... Like yeah, like if I wouldn't have had even just the help of, okay, here's the process. And again, I I keep arguing about this stuff that should be in high school curriculum, by the way, of, you know, not only personal finances, but also yes. you know, how mortgages work and how, mm-hmm. um, and I, I understand, I think more schools are teaching that at that level, mm-hmm. thankfully. But mm-hmm. it's like, I had no clue on that. Even through college, it's like, uh, it, that's just not something that was on my radar. And suddenly, hey, you're an adult now. Time to figure this out. You know, here's a stack of paperwork. Yes. Uh, but
3: right, not not everybody has Jeff Green. Jeff Green's rules of finance. You know, yeah. my dad did. A, my dad still goes to finance seminars. And my dad was a chemist. He's not. He's a scientist. You know, he's not a financial guy or anything. But um, they. You know, he d- d- educated himself. He yeah. didn't have help. His dad died young, and he didn't have help. And he you know, took classes and educated himself. And another thing you said really stuck with me. We need to, we need to get rid of the stigma of kids moving back home. Yeah. Because if that's the help that you can give and that I might not be, you know, I'm, I i can not hand my kids 20 grand or 50 grand yeah. and say, here's, here's a down right. payment. Certainly after paying for college, my God, I cannot. But if they want to come and move back here, you know, come here, save some money, do your thing. Like, I think we need to remove the stigma eh, of kids coming home after eh, college. I'm okay with the stigma. No, I do. You know, I'm okay I, with the stigma. I don't know if it's a stigma. Eh, can my kids
1: move in with you then eh, when they can, they can. They can. Yes. I don't know if it's a stigma as much anymore as kids want to move forward with their right. lives. You know, no, there, okay. there are yeah, so many people that yeah, okay. they don't mm-hmm. want to live with no their offense, parents, Mom, but they yeah. to, uh, you know, <laughs> live with their parents. want
3: them to come home. No. You know, I did. I, I, I lived it. with
1: my parents for a little bit post college, and you know, I it was great. But also, I was dying to get out. I wanted to start yeah, doing my it. own thing, mm-hmm. as you do. I yeah. get
3: that. Mm-hmm. I get that. But that was that hard for you? I mean, I know you live with your girlfriend now, but was I mean, did you live by yourself first, Charlie? Uh, I had or a, I what? had
1: one roommate first, and then I lived by myself yeah. for three years. Uh, it's
3: hard to live by yourself.
1: I enjoyed it. I think uh, you know everybody's a little different. I I mm-hmm. had a good time with it. It uh, it, it Thank God You me. could afford it.
3: Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. When we get back, Ephraim Cohen is going to be joining us. He has been a guest on our show before. He is currently in Israel. He is a former U.S. diplomat for nearly 25 years. He is going to be joining us to share uh, thoughts from the ground in Israel. We'll be right back after the news.
0: His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician.